Culture Podcast with Alaska, Curly Castro, and Zilla Rock. Yeah, we're here. Yo, Co-op Culture, we're just doing a, a, a fun live show right now. People just zooming through on Zoom. We got a 45-minute free account. <laughs> so anybody responded on Twitter, you're going to be live forever in the archives of our wonderful show. Yeah, our man, Big R and SD. I'm Zilla Rocker. Curly Castro is uh, he's he's spoken for this evening. Alaska's here. We were just saying right before we were talking about some rap dad shit like refinancing and fucking work schedules and and funerals and fucking my my mother's got fucking fractured bones and shit. It's just like real live old man shit going down. This kid, this kid I mentor tonight, he texts me. I know where he's like, yo. Um, he sent me a picture of a scalp and he was like, yo, do I, do I do the straight razor or the clippers on my hair? I was like, you came to, I came to, you came to the right one, baby. I was like, boom, manscape clippers. Bang. Take the clip off. You're good to go. But anyway, that's a real story. That's not even a manscape plug that happened tonight. Wow. So that's wild. I told him, I was like, yo, COC 20 cop that manscape shit. You know what I mean? Get that shit right now. Get that Keep shit. Both heads clean. <laughs> I didn't say that you did. So yeah, we're doing a ask me anything live joint just to have fun and then miss a lot of chaos and and uh wild shit happening in everybody's lives right now. So we got our man Big R. What's up with you, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? Chilling, man. Good, man. Thanks to the tail end of my birthday. Just got off from a vacation. Look at so, you. Happy birthday, man. Feeling good. Thank you guys. Yeah, feeling good. Hell yeah. Try not to work. Try to yeah. try not to watch my two-year-old, but you know. <laughs> it is what it two. is. Two, two is yeah. a fun time. Two is a good run. Bro, two you talk you how, yeah. You talk about being tired. So yeah. Well, that's yeah. not that's that that part, you know, is seemingly yeah, trash. About that. You can't handle that shit. Well, why why I guess my question that I have is just for me, I've been a fan for a very long time, but you know, I would say I got into I mean I knew about Alaska's music just because my age group, we were, you know, Jeff Jerks was right the time I was in college. So that was right. like mm-hmm. what we got into, but Zilla, I, mean, I, I got into, you know, I would say rather recently. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like for both of you guys, good traveling back and listening to your older stuff, this last few years for you guys, just objectively, and maybe you, you've seen it with the streams and, and purchases and interest. Mm-hmm. seems like it's like been a real uptick. I agree. And, and you guys are, you'd arguably, I think late in your career, but this isn't the first few years of your career. Right. So for each of you guys, like what, what what do, you think that, what do you think that's attributed to? Mm, Alaska, why don't you answer first? Um, I mean, I think it's it's finding good people. Oh, shit, my guinea pigs are going crazy. Um, it's finding good good people to be around. Um, I think for me, it was like I, I got to a point, and I, I think I might have mentioned this in the past, where it's just like I got sick of everything. Yeah. Like I hated like the industry side of it, like the whole music business side. And I thought that I didn't like rap anymore because of that. But once I got away from it, I realized like I just hated all that shit. Like I, I really love the rap and I fell back in love with rap again and like rapping. And I found like a group of people that I liked working with. And there was like this energy when I first started, like you would you would write and make songs to like impress your friends. Mm-hmm. And especially if your friends are dope, like, you know, I was fortunate enough to be like around a lot of dope people back then. And I'm fortunate enough to be around a lot of dope people right now. So it's like, you're sort of like, trying to keep up with them and make them impressed and like make them smiling. There's nothing better than like when your friends hear some shit and they just laugh because it's dope. Like, and that's sort of to me, like become my, dri- my driving focus in a way. 
That's tough. I'm I'm a I'm I never I never got to be that jaded because I was never that successful. So I feel like I mean I got that jaded because I was never that successful either. Yeah, shut up, man. I was putting your records on shelf release day, working, making six dollars an hour um at the time. So I think for me it's just um I think the technology and timing of everything, honestly, I think that's just what it is. It's like, it's like, you know, like you can't like with stocks, like you can't time the market. It's just your time in the market. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that that's what it was for me. So like being around, you know, Billy Woods and, and, and NASA and Elucid, like knowing all these dudes for almost 10 years, you know, being asked to do their shows or hang out or like meeting blockhead at shows and being around people, you know, like Rob Sonic and like B Dolan and, blueprint and slug just being around these people for years like none of them put me on you know what i mean but i feel like i put myself on so mm-hmm. i've had a lot of luck with chong and um you know like herbnet taking a shot on us and passion voice records but ultimately like i feel like it's because of me personally from my own shit and then on top of that it's like wrecking crew is you know the 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 tall tree that caught a lot of winds and that was like Mm -hmm. always our hope so i think as all of us collectively got more eyes on us and then because of that like me being on a shrapnel record that helps me clearly um and then the show the podcast is huge people like fucking podcasts and we do it a lot and we and and i think you know you i think you would agree with this dude i think the topics we cover in our point of view it's like it just gives people something new or something they loved and a new way to think about it. And mm-hmm. then us talking that shit coming from like an artistic place, not just like being a critic, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're critics about it, but we're also on some, like <laughs> we're dissected it as technicians too, you know what I mean? Or just saying, you know, we're in awe of somebody. So I think like all those things just for me has culminated like in the last couple of years of the company I kept the, the, the crew growing, the podcast taken off. I mean, I think that's really it for me. I don't really think I have like a, a moment when people were like, I don't have like a universal thing to be like, I don't have deaf jokes. I don't have mm-hmm. shrapnel and backwood studios, you know, or like small pro had like the Sean P album. Like I'm on that record, but people didn't like flock to me off that. So I just kind of been around a lot of shit and uh, time in the market. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm old, you know what I mean? So <laughs> That's it. You know, I mean, there's nothing else I can say, but that's a good question, man. So we were just talking yeah. about shells right before. So we, we know you found us. Oh, sure. yeah. I mean, I was just going to say that, 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 uh, you know, mutual internet friends with shells. So I always interacted with them about hip hop and then wrestling. And that's how I found, found things that rock one of your records and then the podcast itself. Bang. And I'm just not going to praise you when I ask these questions, but you know, I don't listen to many hip hop podcasts. It's oh, probably what? just you guys. Oh, shit. And, you know, I got a little kid and I got a busy job. And right. so it's just pretty much you guys that I would listen to pretty much every episode. Mm. Um, and I can tell you which one, like, it's like, okay, these guys got me hooked was the, I don't know, it was albums of the decade one where I think Curly Castro named three albums I never heard of entirely. Ah, and a yes. Cavalier was one of them. And I just realized, like, I'm just missing so much. Yeah. <laughs> you man. know, and, and so, so I guess I, I don't know if this revealing the secret sauce. But like, what gets you to check records of people whose names you don't know, right? Like, because mm. I would say you guys are my number one source for people I've <laughs> not found in my own circles of friends. Thanks, man. But uh, uh, so, so what, what, what gets you guys to, to, to check out something or, 
you know, is it, is it friends or is it like, just, mm. just curious what, how you guys discover music? I, for me, it goes with appearance. Like if the artwork is crazy or if the person has like an interesting look or something about the visuals, like that's the first book for me. If I've never heard of someone, um, then it'll be like repetition. So if I see their name sprinkled in with people I, I kind of like and trust or someone I know that's kind of solid, I'll go with it. Um, or if like someone con- contextualizes this person in a way that I, I'm into, then I'm like, okay. So, you know, but they're like, if they're like, you know, fucking, they're like, uh, you know, uh, Red Man meets Nick Cave. I'd be like, shit, I got to hear that. Or, you know, I'm just making something up. But like, if someone said to me like that, I'd be like, oh, cool. Rather than like, yo, they're dope. I'm like, well, you know, sure. But how like how are they to, and who like in what way how do we figure this out so I, i'd be interested but you know i've said on the show like i i hate almost every new artist so i need to like wait for the, the hype to die down and then i I, was, I remember like that with lupe fiasco i hated that motherfucker i hated drake you know and then i'm just loving these dudes but uh but but they were everyone's like everyone's gassed up on them and i'm like well they can't be good they can't be good like asher roth he still isn't good you know what i mean i didn't fall for that one yeah but everyone else, you know, I, I, I want to come around on my own time because I'm, you know, I'm a yeah. contrarian jerk off. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of the same. I mean, usually for me, it's like if somebody has a dope guest first, I'll see if they got some something going on or like I find a lot through Twitter. You know, mm-hmm. like honestly, just like sort of scrolling through. If I see somebody I know post something that looks interesting, I'll click on it and I'll see. And if I like it, I'll dig into it. Um, video is more likely to get me than something else. Mm-hmm. But um. You know, I mean, that's how I found that dude, Lou, uh, L.U. Oh, did you? Ulysses. I was just going to I was just going to ask about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. that was I was thinking about that. because That was the first time I heard of him was, was on the Human Zoo record. And like, mm. this yeah. guy's incredible. He's hilarious. Yeah, I he's bought his entire dope. catalog. Damn, dog. Get him. <laughs> uh, he had a little nice. like a sale on the on his little two his little two pack EPs that he comes yeah. out with. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I bought all of them for like 13 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Sold. Yeah. <they, laughs> Yeah, it was he's crazy talented and funny. And yeah, he's real funny. Oh, you know, we you got know a new site? song coming out actually. Oh, um, shit. oh for awesome. the next two pack. Oh, awesome. yo, you, so yeah. I'll say this too. I, I I fell off of it a bit, but I still dip back in the waters. Hiphopbootleggers.net. They leak my shit. Mm. But like they, they, you know, they got they got my man Koof's album. Shouts to Koof Knots, man. One of my favorite Philly cats in the world. They got his new album, artwork by PQ. Album's called mm. uh K uh, Mayunde with Christine Elise. Cause she plays, yo, Koof, Koof raps with a motherfucking heart player. Koof is one of the illest, coolest Philly dudes in the world. But like, they got his shit up. You know, I go on this site a lot sometimes. Just again, I look at people's artwork, and then I'll see like if the artwork's cool and the title's cool, I'll see if they got features, anybody I know, or if there's a video. And I actually found like mad people, like producers, through bootleggers, like a lot of beat tapes and shit. And then I'll I'll, I'll circle them around to some people, but. Yeah, you know what it was because like I, I didn't want to I didn't want to bookmark it because I was like I'm gonna get like some malware or some shit, but um, <laughs> but like they they've been bootlegging me for like ten years, man. So shouts shouts to hip hop bootleggers, tap on my pockets. Yeah, that's that's how I do it, man. What's uh yo yo big R? What's what's um what's what's been what's your favorite Wrecking Crew project this year? And I won't Whoa. be offended if you pick, you know. it's funny it's funny because i was just thinking about that had a vacation and i said some time to myself play some jams 
Um, and I think right now it's probably Prem Rocks, um, uh, low bearing crow's feet. And that, yeah. that, I mean, it's the beat. Yeah, I don't know. That's a Western mood generally. Like, like wow, yeah. Western's kind of movie mood. And like some it of is. those beats on there are just like, you kind of get, you get zapped into that space. Um, and, I, and I catch like little like quips from him. Oh. Such, so like, rough. like we makes fun of the what, what you fantasize about. I'm like, hey man, like you're daydreaming about, and he's like, hey man, like, I'm not trying to take it personal, but um, <laughs> the succinctness of it. I my favorite track is probably the intro when you and Curly are on that intro, the reductive joint. Oh yeah, reductive. I, yeah, I love, I love cool. that beat. Um, that I love, I love just like so the informal chorus, uh, informal right way, but you guys are just kind of just talking, talking your shit and leaving. Yeah. Um, yep. um, so that's of, and I guess I look at my streaming. That's probably the, the number one. Bet. Um, great. I mean, so many good records. Human Zoo, Vegas Vic, or <sighs> Robin Hutton. And you, then you have your collab compilation. And I just think about like, I probably listened to most of the stuff from you guys this year. And nice. if I didn't find your podcast, I don't know if I would have. So it's uh, really, yeah. really cool. That's dope, so. man. Yo, Prem, the Prem shit is like, I mean, I, I on on this call, I've I've known Prem the longest, obviously, out of, out of you guys. But Prem is like, he's who he was the first day I met this fucking guy is exactly who he is now, except doper in every capacity of his life. You know what I mean? He wasn't one of those guys like I don't trust this guy. They're like, eh, he's a little full of himself, or like, mm, not as good as he thinks he is. He was fucking aces from the very beginning. The first time I met this dude. It was like me, Brzezowski, DJ Halo, Mo Nichols. Uh, I forget who else is there, too. But they brought us up from New York. Like, they fed us fucking, like, turkey burgers and pasta and shit. And then it was like, I was not used to, like, people being solid, like, feeding people. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Wait, is we, Prem from up there? Well, well, he's, well, this is before you was living in Harlem. I think he was living in, like, Corona or some shit. Oh, okay. I, I, thought, I thought you said that. They brought you up to Brzezowski. Sorry, my bad. Oh, my bad. You know, I'm, I'm meant to say New York. Um, and then so they, they, we, we played like behind some coffee shop. It was an ill venue. They fucking packed it. And then uh, it was great. And then we just got cool. But who, who even back then, like I did, I did a beat on his record for Mark's Wild Years, which is all Tom Waits samples. And that's when I was like, we're best friends because you love Tom Waits. And I should have thought of this idea because I love this motherfucker. Like I used to have a, I used to have a, a poster framed to Tom Waits in my old office, at my old job um from like uh rain dogs era and so he didn't know i knew that and he asked me to make a beat and then woods rapped on that shit and that was like when woods was like first first making noise with history will absolve me and then uh and then woods came to the show we, we met and i was like oh shit is that, okay that, that's who that guy is but um but prem's like that it's just dope like watching him it's all about like time in the game bro like prem is just he was like the first that i knew that just like making it happen overseas like he was just made up his mind one day, like I'm gonna tour, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up every fucking person in my life, high school, college, around the way, New York, Philly, like who knows people in Europe, whether it's your cousin, your brother, a DJ, and that's what he did. And then he just he did it like Dolo, just went out there, like and made it happen. You know what I mean? And just like was like an adventurous type of dude. But um, yeah, low bearing man, shit. I was lucky enough to see him perform a couple of them joints at the Arm and Hammer show in Philly. And uh, him and Castro were like trading songs and then doing some shrapnel shit. And I did a couple songs with them. But I was saying to him, I was like, bro, afterwards, I was like, bro, how did you not perform next left up ahead? 
I was like, bro, seriously. And so I told him, I was like, yo, in, in the set, you got to do it. If Castro does this, you have to follow it with next left up ahead. Like the rest of your dates. He was mm-hmm. like, I'll do that. I was like, all right. I was like, I just can't believe you didn't do that song. So that was the only note I had to give him. But yeah, that, it's an album. That's like, it's a good point. You said about going for rides. You know what I mean? It's, it's a great like road trip record. Previously on Great White Buffalo. What's up, Tutorino? It's me, Darko the Super, and you're listening to the Call Out Culture Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Great White Buffalo and select theaters and streaming on Bandcamp now. Darko the Super and Dean Freeman's Great White Buffalo, from You Don't Deserve This Beautiful Art, the label that brought you watered down Demon Fuzz and Big Baby Gandhi's greatest hits. That's right, uddtba.bandcamp.com. Mad Genius producer behind MF Grimm's The Hunt for the Gingerbread Man 2 and psychedelic hits from the Hellhole Store combines forces with Rumpled Romeo himself, Dean Green, who brought the world classics like Buy My Baby a Car and Nookie in the Mail. Don't miss a great white buffalo listening experience where you just might regret it for the rest of your life. Now let's get back to your regularly scheduled programming, fishing, grits, and all that pimp shit from the Call Out Culture Podcast. Buffalo. Les, you got any questions? No, I mean, good, good. good I'm stuff. good, man. <laughs> yo, yo, I, I oh, thought you were from Houston for some reason. Maybe it's because you you talk about the Rockets all the time. Literally, literally wearing a Rockets T-shirt. Um, you poor son I, of a I, bitch. I, yeah, it's so <laughs> beautiful suffering. I, I actually, I, I was born in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Okay, uh, and so I had family in Houston when we had a Kimolajo on. Nice. So that was basically it. the first games I saw one of the old compact center. You know, we're just to feel more about me. Like, you know, we're, we're Indian and Hakeem was I'm like, that's as close as we're, we're going to get at the time. <laughs> You're right. So like, it's like, like the logic behind us. Like my uncle. That's amazing. <laughs> Yo, that's so that my favorite player. Uh, and then, you know, they've been, I never lived in an NBA city for a while. So it was just an easy team to root for. Uh, now, not so much. Um, but yeah, we, we relocated to, Sunny San Diego, so it's not bad. Sick. Not a bad San place. Diego. I just, That's a nice I moment. just miss. I, I just miss. I mean, it's like you guys are New York and Philly. But I do miss the opportunity to go to live basketball. I got to drive hella hours, so but I, I'm I'm at games. I'm active. I've been like three yeah. I know. <laughs> just je- I'm just pure jealousy seeing you on Instagram. Like wow, you just go to a game. <laughs> I was what? I was like, yo, my my wife like ah. Oh, my company's tickets for Sixers Blazers tomorrow. You want to go? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. Oh, my company's tickets, uh, Sixers Nets. You want to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preseason. You want to go? Yeah, yeah, I'll go. But I, I never get like no LeBron tickets. I never get LeBron tickets, but it'll be like a fucking Wednesday. Like the Wizards are in town. She's like, you want to go? I'm like, yeah, I'll go. Sure. Or like yeah, one I- time, one time Jeff Weiss was in town. Like it was like right before COVID. And I was like, yo, uh, Sixers are playing like the Cavs tonight. You, let, let's just fucking go. And, and I was like, all right, we, we just scoop tickets. And that was like the game Ben Simmons had. Like he hit a three pointer. <laughs> the fucking place erupted. I'm like, this is how pathetic this shit is. Like I was happy, <laughs> but I was like, we went batshit for a fucking all star, all NBA dude who hit one three pointer against one of the worst teams in the world. Like that's where we were <laughs> in 2019, 2020, before you know the bottom fell out in the sky. But yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. I'll say this about the NBA games though. I don't know if this affects you guys. That day I went to. Sixers Cavs with Jeff that afternoon I went to a Flyers game okay so I went mm. to two games that day 
And when you're at a Flyers game, and like I, I love hockey, uh, I'm super casual as a hockey fan, but it's like hockey games are so quiet because they just have like mm. they'll just they'll just play like '90s house music and then like '80s hair metal, but the action is constant. So you're just hearing like the skating and, and the pucks and shit during a basketball game, bro. They're playing 700 rap instrumentals at <laughs> ear splitting levels for two hours and 15 minutes straight. Yeah, man. Jesus. If, if, I could, if I could shout out the Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies house DJ. He goes, his name is real name is Justin Baker because DJ name, but he just he'll play like RGD2 diverse remix. Like he'll oh, play shit. like Gangstar. Oh, yeah, wow. It, it, so if you, if you listen to if you watch just any Grizzlies, if you guys want to borrow my NBA League Pass to do this, watch a Grizzlies home game. Wow. And, you know, they'll drop like just, and it's like, Memphis is his own hotbed of music. I love Memphis. You know, man. rest in peace to Young Dolph, of course. Rest today, in peace, man. Fuck. Miserable news. Um, but he'll, it's like, I think he grew up on the East Coast because he's playing like, like the Ebonics instrumental. <laughs> like, you know, it's 2018. They're like, wait a minute, what? He's playing No Jumper guy. Cables instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, everyone in court just stops dribbling, like, what the fuck is this music? Oh, my God. <laughs> playing, like, he's yeah. playing We're Famous. You're famous the entire entire. It's just it's just the song they did about driving a car. Oh my god! Before them sitting on stage in chairs. Oh my god! He's playing like Mr. Lift, fucking live from the plantation. Push push button objects. (laughs) (laughs) Playing fucking soul. He's playing human. Was it what album called? (laughs) Bottle of Human Soul. What the fuck was that shit? Oh yeah, Bottle of Humans or something like that. Yeah, he's like, oh my god. They're they're like John Morant scores it up for two, and like Soul plays in the background. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Just like atmosphere, but only when they had the other dude that like Spawn. Oh my, what was that dude's name? Spawn. I think Spawn with the exclamation point. I think no, no, Overcast had the exclamation point. Spawn was it. That's right. Oh Yo, I, God, re- I remember the the vinyl. Um, my my uh, my homie Noah had that vinyl, and uh, I'd be when we were we were in college, and I'd be this dorm and shit. And I would look at the Overcast cover, and I'd be like, I'm like, oh, this must be like some like jazzy shit. You know what I mean? Like this is like jazz rap or something. And then he dropped that needle, and I was like, this is not <laughs> this is not fucking us three cantaloupe. This is like some other shit. But uh, yeah, shouts shouts to Sean. I was last time I seen those dudes. We were like backstage. Um, they would always like bring us backstage. We were just kicking it. It was like one one of the one of the LeBron finals. I think it was like the last one when the Spurs whooped their ass. Mm. And we were just like backstage. And then mm-hmm. he was like, and then we went, and then it was like they were opening for like some jam band or something. Who the fuck? It was a weird bill. It was like the crowd was like not knowing what the fuck atmosphere was, but it was packed. <laughs> And I was like, this is, oh, it was like, uh, it was like, not Cotton Eyed, not Cotton Eyed, Cotton Mouth See, Kings. Cotton Joe. Cotton Mouth Kings or some shit. Whoa. One of them type of groups. Yeah, like one of them. Cotton Mouth Kings. Like, yeah, that's who the like, fuck yeah. was it? I got to see. I got to look up that event. It was like the weirdest co-headline and run with, with Atmosphere. And I was like, you guys, man, you guys just fucking do it. You know what I mean? You're just like out here crushing it. You know, it's packed. Having a blast, doing whatever. <laughs> having you music played at fucking Memphis Grizzlies games. <laughs> Lucy, you know what I mean? The girl with the tattooed oh, hands. Oh my god. Jaron Jackson, three pointer. If we hear a fucking slug in the background. Well, I, I interact with them on Twitter. I, I, these are ideas that 
we we can make happen. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Or at least pester at least pester him about it. Yo, that is yo, and sh- yo, shout out to my man Shadalac. He he just um speaking of Memphis. I found Shadalac, he's an ill producer from San Antonio. Um I found him on hip hop bootleggers like 10 years ago. So I I, I retweeted a thing about young Dolph and Alaska. He said the same shit I said. Shadalax, like I have to admit, I hadn't really listened to Young Dolph or Key Glock until about a month ago. But since then, I haven't mm. played shit else. But I'm exercising. That that album, that Dumb and Dumber shit from Dolph and Key Glock, that shit is yeah. That shit it's is get, get busy music. Like you can't, you gotta just, you gotta move around playing those albums. And they're funny. Yo, Dolph was so funny. Oh my, he's so Jesus. funny. That's like the worst yeah. part about like when someone who's really funny gets killed. Like. It wasn't about, you know, daring people to, to get at him or something like that wasn't the kind of rap. Maybe he was like in real life. I don't know. But his his rap style was like everyone just having a good time laughing. Right? <laughs> Listen to this guy. Oh, my God. It's the worst. Yeah. Shouts to him and his family. Dude, I was um, I went down this rabbit hole. Um, I don't know if you're like familiar with uh, the old site, old website I had. Um. But it, it's, oh, it was me? a website yeah. called Syphil. Uh, well, yeah, you, you wrote about me. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to find because I realized that oh, gotcha. I covered like everybody. Um, but like it's only like archives up right now. Oh, shit. But I pulled up some of like the reviews and shit that we did. Wait, what was it? Syphil. It's S Y F F A L. My man raps well on the mix. What's that, Rapswell? From from Pen Pals and Why I just found. When we were t- we were talking about the Memphis Grizzlies in game DJ playing like super indie backpack <laughs> over the speakers. I love that shit. I remember like during the playoffs last year that during the one of the series, the Suns, that their guy was playing like beat nuts like every every time, and I was like, "How do you get this job?" Like, incredible. We, you know, we, we were saying like one of us is gonna play like we're famous from L and Aesop after someone gets <laughs> a fucking overtime three. It was that underground, huh? Something like that, man. We we last we gonna say real quick. Sorry, sorry. We so just, no, I was reading some too, of these reviews that I want to share share what I wrote about one of Milo's records. Okay. Um, for toothpaste suburb. Oh yeah. So there's like just these different questions. It was like a staff review, and the the first question was, "What's the best track and why?" So I wrote Argyle Socks may Hellfire live long after uh, longer than any of us featuring bus driver. Uh, dreamy harp laden beat Milo doing Milo things. Bus driver killing the hook. I'm a sucker for bus driver's voice. Um, yeah. He's like Nate. He's like Nate dog of Hellfire tr- uh, club, but I want him to wear more bowler hats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I recommend listening to this record while dealing with seasonal affective disorder. It's the kind of album that brings you back to yourself. Milo's the kind of rapper um, that is vague in his openness. By the time you're done, you feel like you woke up after a night on LSD, semi-foggy, spiritually refocused and recharged. But wow. this was not as funny as the, the first line from the Cancer for Cure review. Oh. Cancer for Cure is a beast of an album. It leaves my pants covered in milk stains and my left extremities numb from the rush of blood it sent to my groin. I still have goose pimples and my gut is in a knot and I haven't listened to the fucker for three hours. LP's really fucking outdone himself here. 
<laughs> Why did you quit blogging, man? What the fuck are we doing, man? Because I started. I had to like just decide between music and blogging. I didn't I have know. time for both. All all of us have faced that crossroad. Mm, blogging yeah. for free, <laughs> rapping for free. <laughs> Shit. Which one could I do and potentially meet women? Mm, blogging. <laughs> I mean, I'm at that point. I'm staying home regardless. But my my old blog. I, I think I think it's 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 went up to the blog heaven in the, in the sky. I used to have one. It's called clapcowards.com. I used to, I used to update the shit out of the shit. If, if I could shout out, this is less about me, but he passed away. He used to be boys with actually Peter Rosenberg back in Maryland. And he started blogging when we were like in eighth grade. This is like Jesus. 97, 98. Yeah. Hell like, you yeah. were about wrestling and hip hop. You know, <laughs> that's what he, we were into at the time. And so we would get tapes. And so I was in something eighth grade. I was all younger. We would get like Jay Zone sent us all of his stuff. So I was listening to Jay Zone oh, super early. Oh, wow. That's uh, awesome. Pack FM, Pack FM, all those guys. Pack FM. And, like, and I remember like he went to like S S O H H. Remember that was S O H H dot com? Yeah, yes. yeah. Society. So of they, 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 <laughs> yeah, they, they had like award, like awards for bloggers or writers at the time. What? And he had it was called Hip Hop Reviews with the Z. Yes. Later turned to yeah. yeah, so I wrote for them too. This was me wow. at the time. This is like um, web yeah. 1.0. Yeah, no, we, we were posting links on real player. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's, like, no. Wait, um, it's not the it's not the Twitter feed hip hop reviews, is it? No, 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 no. That's no. DJ like, Flash from OHHLA, right? Okay. Because it's right? like a hip hop reviews Tumblr. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, we're okay. just like free everything, just like building blocks of like HTML. Gotcha, but we gotcha, had, like gotcha. He got, got to go to like, to like, block, like these awards for like <laughs> at the time there weren't that many, and he was like Shocker. this tenth grader. Uh, <laughs> so shouts to Dave Ellis. He passed away in 06. Um, oh, shouts to him, man. He yeah, hit man. a lot of, you know, he got us into a lot of shows that we wouldn't get into otherwise. Like I, I saw Cannibal Ox as a kid. Oof. I probably saw you. Uh, wow! Wow! Um, Fucking full circle. Yeah, now right. You're on the Zoom chat. That's right. <laughs> Alaska threw his like sweat rag at you. You were like, "Whoa!" Was it one of the shows when we were giving out free socks? <laughs> no, I'm, no. So I, I, I saw like the Adam's Fam show, and then it was in and around the a Rock Steady show. Oh wow! They have the free one, and they have like the pay for one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we saw the fr- we saw them twice in the weekend. We saw them. The free one, which is at the, I think it was at the pier. Yeah, it was, it was at LP, the pier. It was LP and, and Vortal and Vast. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, I don't know who closed, but it was like a call for elections or something. <laughs> yeah, I remember being like, all right, like, bring, bring Ken Ox back on. I mean, <laughs> uh, and then I, saw, then I saw, God, I don't know where we saw them separate at a smaller venue. That's why I thought this more Adams fan people were there. Mm. Uh, was it, I'm trying to think. Um, because I know there was one rock study that I put a show on at a place called North six in Brooklyn mm. afterwards. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, I, I had started promoting shows. I threw like four straight shows that were like banging. Mm. Like one mm. was like, it was like us blueprint. Um, like we brought out all wait lists. It was like all stronghold. It was like, sort of like, that was like the first one. That was cool. And then the next one was like, was Hangar 18, and the thing about promoting, I always made Hangar 18 open, right? So it was Hangar 18, um, fucking 
Canox and I want to say Soul Position. Wow. And then I did one where it was like, um, it was Hangar 18, I think maybe Rob Sonic, um, Aesop, and Copyright. And they all like yep. packed. Like it was like a 600 seat venue. Mm-hmm. Everyone filled. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm doing a show afterwards. And I stacked it. Jesus. It was like seven acts. It was like, oh my God. And the headliner was like, it was like MERS and a logic were the headliners. Mm. Um, but because there's so much other shit going on, like I, I didn't think like, I, you know, I didn't have like that mindset where I was like, oh, I'm like competing against every other show in the world right now. <laughs> I thought like, I'm, I'm the fucking king of promotion. People are coming really? out. Um, so it was that, but it was like low deck opened. Ooh. And he was get he got fucking like vodka drunk on stage and pulled his dick out. Oh my god. Yeah, I was like, what is going on? It was terrible. <laughs> Yo. And then oh, I had um, you know that dude Briz from Philly? Yeah, yeah, Briz. He was on that night too. I brought him up. Sure. Yeah. Cause he was he was cool with Diggs Dark Lighter. Shouts to Diggs. We got and um you know, I, I just always thought he was dope. Like I thought that that dude Briz could kill it, man. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever heard him. It was like Briz is nice. Sort of like underground Philly cat. Super underground. From yeah. like the early, late nineties, really. Yep. He had like a couple singles. Couple, he was a big twelve. I don't know what happened here. to him. Yeah. Briz. But Briz he, he was real dope. He was like real like just Philly street shit. Yo, I got a question for Raps Well. Yo, man, keep it a buck. Do you feel like because people can rap all the time now? like literally can rap all the time with technology and put out a lot of music and people will check the music or buy it or, you know, vinyl it out. Be honest. Do you feel like people just aren't creative anymore? That's, that's a, that's a, that's a very like general question. I don't know. Cause think about this. Here's my my point of view. Cause I say it to you like this, right? Cause you know the game, you know the hustle, right? There's there's certain there's there's collectors, there's there's a new set of people that want to spend money on rap now, which is great. But I feel like because we all have access to them, and they're spending cash, which is great. I feel like no one's like sitting back being like, "Oh, I'm gonna make the best shit." It's like I gotta just keep cranking the wheel. Your yeah, thoughts. I, your thoughts? I've, no, no, it's a good question. Of and I've seen this kind of um this this question uh going around twitter uh recently so so, yeah i forgot i forgot who was posting something like this but it was in regard specifically to like that exact type of thing whereas like people are just you know they're establishing some kind of you know productivity yeah and 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 their fan base and then it's just kind of like oh we're just we're just going to be rolling out shit on a and i i come at it from a couple different perspectives man i come at it from like a listener and i come at it as a as a creator right so right. like so as a creator um i mean that's that's not how i ever intentionally you know g- like approach making music like i've always just like made music just because each project was special to me and and just because i have to like i don't i don't have a choice basically whether or not to Mm -hmm. to create it's just it's just something i have to do to maintain sanity and to have fun but with that being said like i do think i mean being perfectly honest like i i do think that like at a certain point you reach a a level of comfort Mm. where like 
you're just doing what you feel really comfortable doing and yep. going outside of that box is is scary right so there's that's that's the point of it from a creative and i'm i'm always just like i'm the type of person that like is very like i self analyze myself a lot so i definitely i i am always thinking about how i don't want to do that even if uh-huh. i am doing it i'm always thinking about how like i am going to do that next le- like next level shit on my next project you know yep. and 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 it's gonna happen whether i'm you know 40 or 50 years old like eventually <laughs> like i'm gonna make that you know that project that i feel satisfied that i that i broke the mold now with that being said as a listener like i do see it as like oh shit like people really do like honestly not to not to, i don't think you know anyone's gonna care about this but like like the griselda people for instance right like I'm Go not on. even saying I'm not even saying that they're not creative, but they're a good example of of people who people see them and they try to they see what they've done and they try to like take that as as like some kind of you know precedent for like oh we can just make a bunch of music and we can put it out and it's all going to be good. But it's yep. like they can't even necessarily do that all the time themselves. So how yeah. is anyone else like they're kind of an anomaly? I think right. like right. so for the most part long-winded way of saying that like i agree with you i I think that it's like a lot of it and and a lot of it just has to do with the era that we're in like the the way people you know digest music it's very much based on this like quantity over quality thing and it's like you know who who like you have all these people who are like dumping out music right Mm -hmm. but who who can we think of that has maintained a presence like I can really only think of a few and I'll just name one that is Hit like me. coming to mind, like Cavalier. He, he's, he's an MC who like, he, he put, he didn't, he hasn't put out an album for like four years or something like mm-hmm. that. And I still run that one back. I, I, I find it very high quality, but like, and he's managed to stretch it videos and, mm-hmm. but that's not, that's not the model these days. Facts. Facts. Yeah. I love that. That was brought to you by Manscaped. That was ill. You know, I mean, that's we got we got to get you a care package. That's please, I need it. You can see. Yo, <laughs> I I just think it's I think it's it was like a topic me and Castro talked about maybe doing a, a show about where it's like I think it's an interesting time where again you you can if you got a lot of ideas you can get them out and then the market's going to decide you know where where they, where where they want to put their money and attention which is cool. I'm just wondering like. Do I need five projects from a, any artist in a year if one is great and four like, well, okay, well, yeah, all right. I feel like it's more just like, I feel like yeah. the, like you said, the quarterly drops because Griselda works like a fashion line. Every quarter mm-hmm. they have a record. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, uh, like pray for Haiti still the best. You know, I don't I don't need anything else from them all year. Like nothing's fucking with Brave for Haiti. I think quality control is is quite difficult, especially when you're I mean, when you see like basically that there is an appetite for it. But right. the, the question is that appetite becomes a little bit like almost like junk food, you know, so it's like, oh, like I mean, I, I've completely fallen off of like West Side Gun releases and right. I used to be way more on top of it. And then I'll be, I'll feel like obligated, like, Oh, I got to go through this and I'm listening through it and nothing's really hitting me. Correct. And that's not because it's not good, but it's just like, it, it is that, you know, you, you do kind of, it's, it, there's a very fine line between like when you're kind of like 
you know, keeping people waiting in anticipation and just like over, overfeeding. And, right. and also, you know, the other thing is that it's just, I don't know, like back to the quality control thing. Like, again, as, a, as an artist myself, like you get to a point where you, you, if you're very creative and you're making music, it's this, it's this balance between like, I'm making all this stuff. I feel like it's good, but you also need to have somebody to tell you like, okay, what, what is the best? Like, that's the best is when you're like making a project and you have like 20 songs and you want to like cut it in half. Cause that ends up being, you know, a great, a great project. But I think for the most part, it's, it's tough. Like it's tough to do that. Like to, to, you know, you know, use quality control on your own, on your own output. It's, yeah. it's very different. I, I think that's where like the deluxe projects come in. I, I like, I like when people do that. I think there's also like, from an artist standpoint, um, and it, it's something that like, I, I've been going through a little bit, like, if you dump out so much material, like, you need to eventually take shit back in. Right? Like, right. you're putting everything out. Right. You need to take time away and put stuff back in so you can get more perspective and get more creativity going. Right. right. Like you're reading more, you're, you're watching movies, you're going to museums, you're just going for walks, engaging with people. And that's the stuff that feeds into new ideas and new thoughts. Otherwise right. you just like sort of like start color by numbers. Right. Um, like, you know, like we did the cargo cults record. I did the shit with Jason Griff. I got the shit with um, Ray and they're all sort of like, similar vibes mm-hmm. and it's like i was just like i could keep doing that shit over and over again it's become easy but i don't want to do been, that anymore. i've been feeling the same way dog that's crazy you said but, that. yeah it's like it's something needs to change otherwise it's right. gonna become boring so yes. it's like you know like that's why like the new cargo culture record like every like two months i'll hit zilla with like here's the new song right you know and it's like that's but, but our goal for this record is Kanye. We're like, yo, we're going Kanye with this shit. Yeah. We're, we're going to say slavery was a choice, but better. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what we're going to say? Yeah, that's the time. I wondering where you're that. going with that. Like, yeah. You're like, yo, when I put this MAGA hat on, it feels like Superman's cape. The album. <laughs> yeah. It's, nah, it's, it's the, the sort of the necessary drift from my like liberal libertarianism into right. like just full on MAGA troll. Yo, did you did you watch the drink champs with him? No, we I talked about it that yet. right when he when yeah he, we did when yeah he, when he, him just going at quality and fucking John Legend and comment was, <laughs> that was worth the first hour and a half just to get to that point. Oh my god! Oh, it was like things we had said on our own show about comment and quality at points over the last couple of years. He said that shit like as a dude who's made them both all the money they've ever made in their lives. He just. Oh my God. It was glorious. Jesus. It was wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Max, what you're saying about um, the quality control. So, so me and Andrew, shouts to Andrew. Um, we got, we got two Andrew projects on deck for next year. So one, one's me and him where he just he called me at a good time. He was just sending me fire beats. I was banging him out in the spring, summer, and then he had a record done. So the last couple of weeks I was like, yo, you know, let, let me hear the album so far. Let me hear the track listing. Da, da, da. <laughs> and at the end of the week we changed the name of the album we cut two songs and then we totally rearranged the record you know what i mean and it was like it was like andrew's like what, what we gotta have him on the show andrew's like the nicest sweetest most pure creative i just do it because i like it type of guy like i'm not in it for shit 
but um i couldn't tell over text like if he was like really mad and it hurt you know what i mean but i was just like and i'm trying to keep the text with like a good emoji vibe going like hey i know you're gonna be defensive about this i get it though homie but we got to change this 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 and we got to cut these two and we got to put this here 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 and but i was doing it in waves i was like all right the first thing i'm going to say is we're going to cut these how do i tell this guy we got to cut these songs all right boom that's the first thing second thing we got to re- rearrange all this shit boom third thing getting rid of the album title we got to come up with something better than that so it was like a whole process versus like if he just sent it to me and i'm like cool yeah i mean i trust you it's you know let's just give the people what they want let's just dump it out you know it's still good yeah. it's still a really cool record but it's not I think, that good. I, I think on the creative side, the other part of this, and this this goes beyond Uh-oh. just like Damn, putting out lots lots of music. Like mm-hmm. um, when you're making a record, like I'm sure you've, you've all um, experienced this. Like you you have that initial time period where you know when you first either when you wrote it or first recorded the demo or mm-hmm. fir- first the songs first mixed, whatever it is, where like you're just really hyped on it. Like you're hyped mm-hmm. on all of it yep. like the, and, yeah. and, and and you're excited about it. Right. And <clears throat> the, the, the challenge I think for, for an artist is somehow maintaining that, you know, level of excitement when mm. actually releasing the music. Uh-huh. The other part of that is that you have to do what you just said, Zilla. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to actually edit yourself and yeah. you have to take some time. Like there, there's, there's an important like rest period between that initial like honeymoon, whatever you want to call it, where you're just super psyched on, on this, on this new creation. Right. And then if you give it, you know, six months, it doesn't have to be that long, but you give it enough time where you haven't heard it at all. You go back to it. And if you can maintain any of that excitement, you know, for any of those songs, then, you know, those are the ones, but if you're, <laughs> if you have a little bit of like distance mm. between it and you're like, uh, yeah, no, this shit was, was dope, but not what I was thinking, but this one still has like longevity, but like, how do you, that's, you know, the conundrum, right? Like, how do you, how do you fit both of those things? So, you know, right. by the time you're putting it out, you're feeling good. I mean, these things come in cycles too, right? Like, yeah, pretty much. I agree. The Black Panther Party 10-point program, written October 15, 1966. We want freedom. We want power to determine the destiny of our black community. We believe that black people will not be free until we are able to determine our destiny. Two, we want full employment for our people. We believe that the federal government is responsible and obligated to give every man employment and a guaranteed income. Three, we want an end to the robbery by the capitalists of our black community. We believe that this racist government has robbed us and now we are demanding the overdue debt of 40 acres and two mules. Four, we want decent housing fit for the shelter of human beings. We believe that if the white landlords will not give decent housing to our black community, then the housing and the land should be made into cooperatives so that our community with government aid can build and make decent housing for its people. Five, we want education for our people that exposes the true nature of this decadent American society. We want education that teaches us our true history and our role in the present day society. Six, we want all black men to be exempt from military service. We believe that black people should not be forced to fight in the military service to defend 
a racist government that does not protect us. Seven, we want an immediate end to police brutality and the murder of black people. We believe we can end police brutality in our black community by organizing black self-defense groups that are dedicated to defending our black community from racist police oppression and brutality. Eight, we want freedom for all black men held in federal, state, county, and city prisons and jails. We believe that all black people should be released from many jails and prisons because they have not received a fair and impartial trial. Nine, we want all black people when brought to trial to be tried in court by a jury of their peer group or people from their black communities as defined by the Constitution of the United States. We believe that the court should follow the United States Constitution so that black people will receive fair trials. Ten, we want land, bread, housing, education, clothing, justice, and peace. When, in the course of the human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which are connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a decent respect of the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to this separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All, all men are created equal, that are endowed by the creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Little Robert Hutton, Curly Castro, out on Backwood Studios. Get it now. You never know who's going to hear your music and in mm -hmm. what context. So, so that's why I feel like, you know, until you are this type of person where everybody's like, you know, really waiting in anticipation for each release or whatever you want to, however you would like to play it. I mean, look at someone like Isaiah Rashad, like, or Kendrick, <laughs> like these dudes, I mean, they just, they just do what they got to do. And people are like, ah, you know, nobody, Nobody has ever been like, oh, man, like Kendrick, that dude puts out way too much music. Like, right. that's just not how it is. You know, it makes them stand out because they don't do that shit. You know, what I mean, like their whole thing is it's going to take me four years. But that's like the old model. That's yeah, like the is, 90s, yeah. the 90s model where you mm -hmm. take like three years between records or how LP used to do it. Just like five piece. It, I mean, Aesop. it's just not how it's just we're just not in that era anymore. It's <sighs> just not what it is. But um, and, and it's a lot of it is just because music is easier to make. There's less of a barrier for putting out music. It wasn't oh, yeah. always just the creation. It's like by the time you finish the record, you have another year to like figure out how you're going to put it out. Like we could record an album tonight, mix and master it and drop it by the weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you know, remember Stacks like these do that shit. He would do one with like like Saigon or like Freddie Gibbs. Remember that shit yeah. like 10 years ago? They like, I'm like, no one plays this shit. <laughs> like no one's no, ever no, talked about that. Like, I mean, that was the height of disposable music. Uh, like now at least like, I gotta find that shit. There's like a bit of a culture around music, but there was like a period where there was like, people were just like, whatever. <laughs> well, was, like, I think there was, because it was like, nobody the, figured out the worst era of rap, which we talked about on our show. It was, but it was, it was also the end all of an era into a new era. Like it was kind of like wild West. Like we're seeing that in a lot of things in our culture right now, right. where it's like the old guard is dying and there's a new guard forming and there's a war. There's like a legit war between the two factions going and on. And it's right going now. on outside and no man's yeah. safe from it. No man's safe from it. But that, that's not. what was happening. And it was like, it left artists just in the lurch. So people were like, I don't, I don't know, but that's fucking stupid mixtape. People yeah. are going to buy it, you know, or it's just going to end up on a website. I'm not going to make money off it. Yeah. Yo, so, Static Select and Saigon made 11 songs in a day for this album. Yeah. All the day's work. I can't name any of the shit. Yeah, but I was checking I can't for even that. name I was, one I was Saigon, a big song. Saigon. The only thing I know about Saigon is he was on Entourage. Entourage. Dude, yo, the biggest, 
the biggest fuck up in major label history the last 10 years was the Saigon situation. Greatest story never told for, and they just couldn't, they just forgot to tell it. <laughs> they didn't, yeah. yo, he was on Entourage. He had Just Blaze. He had Come On Baby with fucking Swizz Beats on the hook, Just Blaze beat. The remix with Jay when Jay was retired, and they were like, let's yeah. not put this out. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Didn't he end up getting himself like locked up or some shit? Def C comes in. Um, oh, what's up, Def C? Yes. Si- Saigon. Oh. Th- yo, th- Def C. Uh, Saigon. Oh. What, what, what was his most recent uh, law enforcement interaction? <laughs> man i'm really regretting opening this zoom link sorry man uh, nah it's all good uh yeah no nah, i couldn't even tell you his most recent law enforcement interaction yes i mean they came to they came to pick up his body after vado battle vado. i know that happened i know that happened that's that's good battle rap knowledge about you coming fresh in the zoom link man that's all that's like the only thing uh I can really recall recently that Saigon was I just found a I just found a news link. Uh rapper Saigon was arrested yesterday after police allegedly found a gravity knife inside his vehicle. What year was it? They searched his vehicle, they uncovered a knife similar to a switchblade. What year was this? 2007. Okay, it's been a while. It's been a while since Saigon has interactions. In 2020, it was announced that he signed to Tech Nine Strange Music. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, he has a project under the label, uh, an EP called Seven Seven Seven: The Resurrection. That's, oh, that's random as hell. That's like a yeah. shadow economy. That whole world where like these dudes are doing like 150 thousand units, and none of us know, and all we do is listen to rap, and we have no yeah. clue. Here's the other thing I know about Saigon. <laughs> this is awesome. He was from Spring Valley, New York, and I only know that because like a lot of my best friends. Um, we're from Spring Valley, so I used to spend a lot of time in Spring Valley. Wait, so and he's from he's from upstate originally. He's from Rockland, yeah. He's from Rockland County, New York, which oh, is about damn, like 45 minutes out of the city. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's like a big Haitian area. Damn. I just heard someone say something about Rockland on some show I was watching. I was like, oh, that sounds nice. It sounds like a nice area. Rockland. No, Rockland sucks. <laughs> <laughs> What's popping in Rockland? What's, what's yeah, it's I mean it's just like a weird it's like budget Long Island. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> budget. <laughs> like, well Saigon Saigon did have that one verse on the Roots album that was that was pretty fun. That was dope. That was nah, dope. the uh the album I thought the just blaze album was really dope. I think it just kind of came out after its that's, moment. Yeah, that's what you're saying. It, it actually saying right came before out. you came in. Yeah, it yeah. came out like four years ago. They wow, I had no idea. But we were mm-hmm. saying right before Def C came on, like how that that whole Atlantic Records like totally fucking this guy up when every everything was built for him to cash in from the entourage shit, mixtapes, the come on baby, come on baby remix just blaze remember like like myspace updates they were like using that shit to tell people about what was going on we're doing a fucking public enemy type album we're gonna do ice cube like what run the jewels was like they were trying to build the saigon album to be we're gonna take it back to the fucking 90s it's like political and it's gangster but it's street and it's got a lot of knowledge but the beats are hard and And it was i remember the other thing that people were excited about was it was going to be fully produced by just Just blaze Blaze. or mostly produced by just blaze and we hadn't really heard him work with anybody on that scale outside of like beans and jay right 
And then oh. he kind of like jumped from him to Jay Elect. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like that Saigon shit feels because like, I remember they, they were like arguing and they were going like public about it. And then there was all this fucking crap. And I'm like, I'm watching Entourage every week. I'm like, here he is. The whole season's around fucking Saigon. He's the star playing himself as a rapper named Saigon on a fucking huge show. That's great they're, they're promotion, like, man. Yeah, and they're like, let's yeah, not. There's a good out. question. There's a good question, Zilla. If you could, if you could play yourself on any TV show, who would it? What would it be? New York Undercover. Boom. <laughs> oh, look at that. You gotta do it. That that answer is very on brand. I gotta do yeah. it. It's either that or uh, a more current show. I mean, because I'm watching it now. The rewatch. I would be me on Atlanta, because I would be like a total shithead. I would just be like, yo, you're going to put me on, right, Paperboy? You're going to put me on? I got this mixtape. Like, every single fucking person the encounter on the show is like, you put me on, right? You're going to put me on? (laughs) (laughs) I'm midway through season two. That's the best. That's one of my favorite parts of that show. They're, like, chilling at some bar, and some guy comes over, and then at the end, he's just, like, point blank. He's like, yo, put Put me on. on. (laughs) And Ern tries to say something. He goes, shut the fuck up, man. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Paperboy. I I will. I will. My bad. I interrupted. No, 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 no. This is your podcast, man. I'm I'm just a guest here. I just showed up uninvited. You know what I mean? I'm everyone did. Off. Everyone is uninvited. They just yeah, showed I mean, up. That's the point. Uh, Paperboy is probably the most realistic rapper I've seen depicted on film. Like, yeah, like that. Like I saw I remember watching that first season and being like, oh, like I know Paperboy. Like I know mm. like I yeah. have friends who kind of you know, have gotten to like that episode Woods where he's mourning I just, his mom. I just paused that one yeah. earlier today. Yeah. Like that one. And it's kind of like reflective between that and kind of the backstory throughout the first two seasons that you learn about his past. It's super realistic. Like most rap, even Dave, which is basically like, you know what I mean? The Lawrence Welk version of Atlanta. But like <laughs> even... <laughs> Even Dave, you know, he it doesn't he doesn't he strikes me as like a caricature, like he's trying out a persona. But Paperboy is like the one rapper I feel like is like he's three dimensional. Mm. There's complexity to him as a human being. There's like complexity to him in terms of how he approaches the music business and all of that stuff. Like that's I, I really do feel like he's probably the most realistic depiction of a rapper I've seen ever. Uh, on TV or in oh, film, yeah. and, and he has like this sort of introversion and low, low grade depression too. That every single rapper I know has. Yo, he does. And the, the funniest part when I'm, when I'm watching it again the second time is like, <laughs> like the I wish I could just own the Paperboy song. Yeah, Paperboy, Paperboy, all about that Paperboy. You ain't getting what I love that shit. But it's like it's clearly Donald Glover rapping that shit. And then Paperboy, yo, what's up, bird? It's me, Paperboy. You know what I mean? I'm like, they didn't even like let Brian Tyree Hill rap the shit in the studio. Because every time you see, he's got the deepest voice and the song comes on. He tries to do that one. He's like in a Spotify type of streaming spot and they want him to do a set. He's like, yo, what up? And the music's playing in the background. I'm like, dog, that doesn't match. Like your voice. <laughs> but then the whole surrealism when they had like, you know, a black dude playing Bieber, like they don't give a fuck. You know, it's whatever. <laughs> I mean, the the Paperboy thing, too, like, I I just, I hope that he, it's not like the Michael K. Williams syndrome, where he plays a really great character for a very long time and never gets the recognition he deserves for it. 
Because I think he's excellent in that role. Yeah, like, he's amazing. I was, in that I was role. watching it again today, and I was like, I've I've seen him and pop up in other things now. Like he was the voice of Miles' dad in a yep. Spider Verse, which was great. He was so good as that. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. I was watching like this horrible, trashy Netflix movie with um with Amy Adams. It was like it was like a knockoff of the Hitchcock shit. Um, oh, I know what you're talking um, about. Yeah, like the uh, woman the next Windows door or some shit like that. Yeah, it is one. Yeah. It is it is laughably terrible. It is a great schlocky piece of shit, and he's in it, but he just plays like some generic detective. It's like, why the fuck is Paperboy <laughs> just playing like some dolt in this? Yeah, he was dope in Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, he, oh, <laughs> yeah. <in> that joint. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Dude, he's he's a conspiracy theorist. He's oh. he's he's in this terrible Melissa McCarthy HBO Max artificial intelligence movie. Oh my god! And, and he plays like the effeminate assistant. Like his his range is crazy. <laughs> he's super. You know, he's Yo, Melissa down. McCarthy, man. She's she's having a rough go of it, man. I feel she like Lakeith Stanfield is more like more likely to just become Lakeith Stanfield in every role. Yeah, have you seen that rom com? That rom it's not a rom com. Like just a, like straight like romance movie. I think it's him and Tiffany Haddish. Not nah. Issa Rae. You mean the oh, yeah, it's Issa Rae. Rae. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Issa Rae. Rae. Did you watch that joint yet? Nah, I haven't. It looks very like sensual. You know what I mean? Where he's like, he's like well manicured and shit. <laughs> It's interesting because I, I thought he was uh like just seeing him kind of in the background. Like I thought he was excellent in Selma. Like he got he, he really didn't get like a whole lot of screen time, but I thought he was great in that movie. Um, and that was an instance of him, you know, legitimately stepping into a different role. And then uh, even the bit part he had in Knives Out. Oh yeah, kind of like he's typical open yeah. Out. yeah, yeah. He was great in um Vice Principals too. Oh, mm-hmm. He's a shit dude. He's yeah, so I think I think he I think it's just a, a matter of like if he continues to get roles that really mm-hmm. motivate him, I think he's gonna do some pretty amazing stuff. I mean, the Fred Hampton yeah. flick, he was. I mean, I I thought he deserved like a lot more praise for that one. I still gotta watch that. I'm like a cash really uh, He's, me he's, aw- he's awesome in that. Oh, he's fucking great, dude. He's one of the best. I didn't people. realize that he was in if Beale Street could talk. Is he? Yeah, he's got he was in get out. He was but, a dude in get out. What's up, Renee? Um yeah. he was in get he's out. He's in Bojack Horseman. Bojack Horseman. Yo, his shit in Atlanta though, like the one part I just watched it, the Champagne Poppy episode where he just appears like next to the pool with homegirl the smoked out chick from um Snowfall. Mm-hmm. Where she's like on an edible and she's wilding, and he's wearing like black Adidas track pants and like a matador jacket. <laughs> he looks fly as shit. I was like, yo, only this dude could pull that look off. Where he's like talking about she's in a giant simulation and she's fucking stoned out of her mind. <laughs> he's like, where are we from? Well, actually, yeah, there's higher intelligence. Like the way he talks. Wait, like, who are we talking about here? Are we talking about um, Paperboy? Oh, okay. I'm still talking about Paperboy. So that's what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, look, nah, Brian. That's why. That's why I was like, he was in those movies. I don't remember him in any of those. Oh, right. So Brian Tyree Henry was in Joker for like five minutes. Yeah, what was oh, what was. was good, and then he was also in If Bill Street Could Talk. He literally has one scene. That's um, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I was like, I didn't remember excellent. him at all from that. It's Shit. excellent. He's the dude who comes home from prison and tells Fonny what it was like for him. Okay. <laughs> like he was sitting at the table smoking a square. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's a great movie, man. I gotta, I gotta and the score that. is fucking unbelievable. 
Well, yeah, naturally. She has to fucking Beale Street. I got I got yeah. engaged right off Beale Street. So Memphis is my shit. Going back to Big R's thing about Memphis. You know, everyone, everyone real quick, everybody chiming into the show late. Everyone's got to watch the Memphis Grizzlies basketball broadcast to hear fucking late 90s, early 2000s indie rap instrumentals play. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I got to watch it now. They're on TV. With the did, they do a, did they do Tried by 12? They have to play Tried by 12. <laughs> they play that shit at Knicks game. Tried by 12. I was going to say that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, they have to play oh. Tried by 12. Agent Orange. No, yeah, no, wow. yeah, no, no. Mike Zoot, uh, what if they were playing that <laughs> shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, here comes Jason Griff, too. Immortal hey, Technique. what's up, Griff? <laughs> They're playing a fucking Industrial Revolution, too. When fucking Dylan Brooks dunks on someone. They're like, oh, he jammed that one. You hear Immortal Technique. What was that song? What's that Immortal Technique song where like someone gets raped or some shit? Oh, yeah. uh, Dance with the Devil. Dance with the yeah. Devil. Jesus Christ! They're not, playing, they're not playing that a basketball game. That's <laughs> nah, Memphis, they are. They don't give a fuck. They don't Yo. care. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Cut this shit. Yeah. Damn, man, once you pump this shit up, don't get fucked with my eardrums a little bit. All right, then. Hey, yo, this is Chubzilla, one half of Sons of Andre, with the late Scorsese, Lord Jones. Scorsese and I have a record together under the name Sons of Andre called Dungeon of Doom. It features some of my happiest production yet and some of Scorsese's best writing. It is available on a limited edition cassette and CD and at every digital outlet you can get your music from as well as insubordinaterecords.com. Dungeon of Doom features appearances by Alaska, Zilla Rocco, Poison Pen, and Alex Ludovico stealing the goddamn show on this very beat. So you can go get Dungeon of Doom wherever you fuck with music at. Long live Scorsese. Hey friends, it's me, your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Alaska. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting new project that I just released with my friend Jason Griff. You might know Jason Griff from his many appearances on the Call Out Culture podcast, as well as his groundbreaking work with the Griff Scorsese Midnight Express album. Also, his solo project, Fireside Chats. You need a sweater and a bearskin rug for that one, fellas. Anyway, we just dropped a new record called Human Zoo. And Human Zoo examines the cages that we put around society and the self-imposed cages we put around ourselves. It features exciting tracks like Reboot featuring Batboy Sharif and Animal Farm featuring Love Ulysses. We also have additional vocals from the likes of Alex Ludovico. Not Ludovico, Ludovico with a C. See what I'm saying there, people? And Premrock. And then the All Hook All the Time track featuring vocal stylings from Curly Castro, Zilla Rocca, Def C, Rob Sonic, Breezley Bruin, and Open Mike Eagle. If you like the rap music, folks, you're gonna wanna get this record. It's a must-have for every true aficionado, and you could get it at Insubordinate Records. <laughs> 
www.immortaltechnique.com. Alaska, out. You know what Immortal Technique concept track, I, which is a sentence I didn't think I'd say in 2021. You know which Immortal Technique concept <laughs> track is better than uh, I remembered is that Peruvian cocaine joint. Yeah, yeah that joint is that the one where his mom's selling them drugs. No, no. So he's like a dollar <laughs> bill covered in coke yeah. or something. It's the one. It's the one where he's like going through the chain of like how yeah. the United States and like tone deaf, pumpkin head, poison. Yes. Oh wow! Yeah, I remember that joint. That's I had a that good on song. CDR. Yeah, the whole, I, I that whole album is is really dope, man. Like industrial. Uh, before before a bunch of people came through, we were talking about like the blog era. And just like, you know, hiphopreviews.com. But I was going to I was going to say, like, I was heavy on like the underground hip hop.com forums back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And and, uh, yo, that Immortal Tech, when that Immortal Technique Revolution Evolved 2 came out, like that was that 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 heated up <laughs> those forums. Yo, here's a real question yeah. on that fucking uh, UGHH. How many how many dudes were on there who did live in Boston? Yeah, I met I met two of my best friends on that on that fucking chat room, Yo, like two dudes in New York, like my homie the Reggie. Only, rest well, in well, you Max and the other two guys, only only four people that and were then, not from um, Boston. This dude G Battle, I met him on there. Oh shit! Did you? Yeah, I met G Battle on there, like G-Battle. fucking in 90, 98 maybe, and it was like we we're all on it, and I was like, "Yo, who's in New York? Let's go get a drink." Oh shit! And he was like, "Yeah, let's do it," and then we became friends. Dude, I met Griff on MySpace. Yeah, so Alaska's shit. a Red Sox. Alaska's a Red Sox fan, so he counts as a Boston resident. Oh, that's, yeah. no, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's fucking disgusting. So, I was so happy, dude. Well, Griff, what, what are you doing, man? You really you're outside Trader Joe's right now? No, no, this is actually my background for uh for work zooms. Oh, okay. <laughs> your, your work zoom is your work zoom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the parking garage. That shit is meta. <laughs> Shouts to Zuckerberg. That shit is wild meta. Hey, <laughs> salute. Salute, Griff. I actually, uh, it was good meeting you at the Army. Yeah, Griff show. was telling me. Yeah, and uh, and Zilla, we, me and Griff talked about that thing. Bang. Me and Griff talked. Yo, about you that ain't thing. the only one I'm trying and, to set up. I'm, I'm the fucking hip hop ha- fucking matchmaker, bro. And I already have a thing to send you. Look at that. Oh damn, that's that. crazy. Look at these that's fucking crazy. guys. And yeah. uh, I also wanted to introduce Griff to like half the Chicago hip hop scene that was there. See. See what I'm saying? Yeah, we nah, outside. Did- that was perfect because I don't I don't leave the house much, so so that was good. And I mean, if you look at the the roster of rappers I work with, there's very few from Chicago. We're all on this. We're, we're all in this fucking chat. There's a ro- roster of rappers you work with. We're here. This is just yeah. us. It's just me. Let's go. Yeah, it's just me and Zilla at this point. This is just us. This is, that's, that's pretty much inside the fucking co-op culture world. Yeah. What's the name? <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to hook up. What's the name? Um. Disco Vietnam and Rich Jones. That's my next love connection. I'm making that happen. I was just talking to Rich on the phone today. We were DMing him. I was like, yo, check it out. And and Barry's like, all right, what's the best what's the best Rich Jones songs? I'm like, check these joints out. And I said to Rich, Rich is like, oh shit. Oh, well, which which ones did you pick? I was like, I'm not telling you. You're gonna find out if he wants to reach out, hit you up. <laughs> So I'm trying to make that. And Barry's Barry like posting a bunch on Twitter today. Yeah, Barry. Barry's like, yo, I just make all these beats and post them. I don't know if anybody likes my shit. He's like, I feel like the hot girl at the dance. Everyone's afraid to talk to. But I just want to I just want to have a, I just want to have a you know conversation like no one talks to me. I'm like, all right, man, I'll be your fucking hey. A&R. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he the, the joints he gave you for Vegas Vic were ridiculous. 
Those they were absolutely crazy. So I gotta get to them. I gotta get to them before you get to them, or before Ghostface gets to them, or Flea Lord, or whoever yes. is gonna wind up reaching out to this man for beats now. Right, He's wait, ready? I got a quick got... question to derail everything, but I heard there's a really classic album dropping on Friday. Or is that not Friday? In two weeks. Next Friday. Two weeks. This two weeks. On well, Tuesday. I, I just got right? this one. Wait, I got this when one. When is it coming out? I, I thought it was coming out Tuesday. Um, no, dog. First of all, I'm flexing. Wait, on I'm the... talking about Def C. No, we're talking to Def C. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's talking to me right now. I'm like, dog. No, I'm man, holding the classic. A... I'm like, I'm holding nah. this bitch. Nah, Boom. my joint is uh, we we moved it up a little bit to kind of avoid uh, all of the um, Black Friday. Hullabaloo. So we're gonna be uh we're gonna be dropping on Tuesday, which yeah uh, I'm waiting till I'm okay. I'm waiting till uh day after tomorrow to announce everything, but suffice it to say, two-thirds of call out culture is on the album. Uh and it's gonna be pretty good, man. It's pretty yeah. it's it's all right. It's a pretty good album. It's all pretty right. good. That's pretty good guess. Messiah music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you that's were smart because you know what you'd be competing with on Black Friday? The yeah, motherfucking too, career, career crooks, crooks mini disc motherfucker. Never you ain't got need. that. We out here. Nah, <laughs> nah. Not at mini all. Man. I, on you. What about, man, yo, I almost put my joint out on a floppy disc. When the disc you know, got I mean, revealed, the game got real. Beat. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was gonna, I was, you know, if you buy the floppy disc, I gotta mail it to you in the year 1996. <laughs> yo, did you ever see the Mike Eagle floppy disc album? No the CD, yo, man. When Mike, when, when Mike was like first touring heavy, he did one where it was like it was a floppy disc black case and the CD wow. like slid in that bitch, but the case was a floppy disc case. Mm. That shit was crazy. That was like 2011 Eagle. Did I ever show you the flexi disc that um, we put out on Pig Food Records? It was like the ones that you would get in an old magazine. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, it was like for, um, they used to do this like annual skateboard single where it was like through some skate shop. Oh, and they would always put out like a Pig Food Records skateboard and do like a, a posse cut with it. And they, for one year, they just decided to make like those little flexi discs. A flexi disc. Yeah, I need to. Um, speaking of Griff on the call, I might I might need some coffee here, Jason Griff. My 40, hey, look at that! My forty that mug, good. pardon me. We're just we're just merch whores. That coffee's gonna be different gonna... next year, but um, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, I'm just. I just um every time every time you're posting pictures of yourself with a coffee mug, it's a Beatles mug, and I'm like, nah. My dad I, gotta, gave me I, gotta, I gotta upgrade. I know I know you're about that Beatles life. Yo, anybody on this call want books? I've been trying to sell these joints. No one wants them. I got the 33 and the third on the gray album, Danger Mouse, and the 33 and the third on Let It Be. I gave away my Dilla Donuts one. Anybody wants these, let me know. I'll mail it to you because I'm going to post office Friday. They're yours. Dilla, have you been have you been listening to that Prince Paul podcast? Um, the newest one? No. He's, he's got one where he just like uh goes through all those books. Oh, oh yeah 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 i saw that i did not i did not i've been listening to the um the mc search joint with doom yeah which castro screams on me because i'm listening to it i'm like man, castro ripped that up uh, i was no, like no, man you didn't even listen to it man yeah he went he went too hard on that one but i understand it's only because like they just give you gems from everyone around that era that's not known which is cool 
but I got I got to get on that principal. Principal is just yeah. like the funnest guy to listen to talk. It's pretty dope. Like he has like pasta news on there, and they Ooh, they talk about nice. Steely Dan. Oh, they um, love Steely Dan. The last one was uh, was uh, D- Danny Brown talking about a, a David Bowie record. It's it's pretty <laughs> random. It's fucking cool. I guess what, what's what's it, what's it called? The principal joint. It's called like the thirty three and the third part. Uh, it's only on gotcha. it's only on Spotify. All right. Well, fuck that. Whatever. Fuck that. Fuck that. Yo, I just there's I only just, one podcast. Call out culture. You goddamn right, Maxwell. <laughs> goddamn right. Uh anybody else uh that want, wants to do any uh ask ask a question? <laughs> that's, we're just having this is what we do normally. Where's Castro? Uh he he's um indisposed this evening. Oh, uh, okay. He's uh I don't know what the fuck is going on, but yeah, he's doing some <laughs> that's, shit. That was my question, and then all my other questions were questions for Castro. <laughs> oh sorry. Well, you can ask me. I, I talked to him twice today. All right. You want to ask him about the the OKC Thunder and how fucking pitiful it's going to be for that team? I mean, they're three years ultimate process. But yeah. yo, yo, Griff, how how did it feel to get smashed in the Call of Culture Fantasy Basketball League by me last week? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really call it a smash. I and mean, you won by like sixty points. It wasn't much. Yeah, it's that's like a when, beating. That's a fair it, beating. It's an L. An L is an L, regardless. <laughs> At the um, end of the year, you know your record is who you are. You know. I feel like I feel like I have good long term prospects. I have uh, uh, a a giant six foot six fat fat baby um, coming back soon. <laughs> um, Zion. Is yeah. That Zion? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I was playing the long game um, with, oh my, with my draft strategy. I took I took Levert and Brooks mm. and and Zion. So right. so I knew I was going to take a couple extra L's at the beginning. Well, of I was happy to give you one for me to you. Uh, I'm, all right I'm well i'll see you again i'll see you again. <laughs> uh playing castro this week uh currently i'm in first place as he expected. gave me my only other loss yeah oh i'm tied oh there's three people okay who's one team's called the lo nutmeg sham gods and i then, think that's uh, is that rob no and another dude is ted danson but it's a picture of ted danson but it's ted danson <laughs> like <laughs> d-a-n-c-i-n and then uh, I think I think Dan O is oh no Rob Rob's in third fourth place hundred dollar headbands I don't know what the fuck that okay. is. is that some drug shit what does that mean you know what I mean hundred dollar I have no headbands. idea and then uh, I thought it was a Cliff dude. Robinson reference oh maybe it's that someone's team is called Shaq Happy and it's a picture of Shaq just smiling that's their basketball team I think that's Dan O Dan O came in no Dan and- O's like um something boom bap. Oh, and then we have Shabam Sadiq Bay. Someone has their team, and then we have a uh, Brett Brown Noseball. That's my my homie Max. He's dead last. And then uh, Pre- oh Prem Premingway's shotgun. Prem's one and three right now, getting his ass oh, beat. Ouch. Yeah. So there you go. That that's that's the call out culture fantasy basketball team. He drafted Ben Simmons. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, he he did draft Ben Simmons. The poor. Fuck. He's supporting mental health. You gotta do it. <laughs> He's Supporting mental health with Ben Simmons. Uh, anyone, anyone that jumped on actually have any any actual questions? That's totally cool. If, if you don't, you guys can play the background and kick it. We're just having a fucking ball tonight, drinking some filtered water on the Call Out Culture Emergency Pod. Uh, uh, I just want to say, like, uh, enjoying the podcast. And uh, uh, what do you think of the Blockhead uh, Aesop album? If you haven't heard it, great question, JD. Uh, I interviewed Blockhead last week. It's going to run on Passion the Weiss a couple, couple weeks from now. So we talked about it. Um, 
he told me about it when Spirit World Feel Guide dropped, where he was like, oh, me and Aesop actually have an album done. And I was like, what? This new one just came out. Um, he, I just think it's really dope to hear Aesop back with his friend, and the beats are totally different from the last four Aesop albums. You know what I mean? So I'm, uh, I'm into it, man. It's just like, and he's picking like different pockets on a couple of the joints. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's like track four or five. I still got the, 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 the track titles. The one track with Woods, he's got like a totally different flow. And there's like two other ones where like he's challenging himself. But it's just Woods like. Woods is on there, right? He's not. Yeah, credited. he's doing a hook. He's just doing a background hook. Yeah. Uncredited. Um, but he's like, like I said to Block, I'm like, listen to Aesop at this point. It's like, it's like saying to someone like, what's your favorite Tim Duncan season? It's like, I don't know. They're all the. They're all fucking excellent. Like I, 1998, 2003, 2011. I don't know. They're all fucking great. He's all like, they're identically f- phenomenal. So that was my view. I don't know if anybody else heard the album. Garbage. I listened to it today, actually. Nice. Yeah, yeah I just saw it dropped. I thought it was only a single. I didn't realize it was a full record. The yeah. single that came out is amazing. Though. Jazz hands joints. Yeah. yeah. Block Block said that Aesop told him to take out the drums. Mm. and then blockhead was like ah these drums are slapping i actually really like them what if we just put them on the hook he was like okay we're friends but they didn't yeah. even do that though it's just the instrumental at the end i think yeah uh, and then the chorus the drums but that's it and the drums are fucking crazy you're like okay. it's really good um yeah i thought that i thought the record is amazing i mean his last album was just so good mm-hmm. um it's just one of those. Th- Every time I listen to a new, if I listen to a new Aesop Rock record and it's as good as these ones, I'm just like, yeah, it's just uncanny. It's like how the consistency with this dude is just unreal. And also, I think that this one, I don't know, he stretches out his vocals a little bit on, on some of the songs in a way that I hadn't heard him do. And it's just, it's kind of interesting. It's like, it's like he's using his voice and, in sort of a new way mm-hmm. at times um and uh yeah it's just always dope to hear them together like there's a there's a couple tracks on there that are just unreal um and uh he, he's got some crazy storytelling joints on there he's master he's his master he's a master storyteller and now he's like mastered of the flow you know what i mean because now he's like bending shit around and doing whatever he wants with it it's like he's also low-key like hilarious too like <laughs> There's some really, there's some really funny lines and it's just like the way, the way they're presented, it's, it's not, it's, it, it's sort of like a stand of, you know, comedian where it's like, it's the way you say it. And, mm. you know, oh, yeah. he's like, like he, he's good at like delivering the punchline, like pausing it, stretching it out or like hitting. He's, he's been that good since fucking like, like bazooka tooth to me you know what i mean like knowing like i'm gonna take you down on a, a pathway you may not get but at the very end i'll give you a cookie like boom here it is you know what i mean even if you're missing shit yeah man that's, that's real shit uh all right well we're whittling it down here guys oh it's yeah, core man. four here yeah uh i hope this on this free account i have i'm hoping it's still recording because at the beginning it it's says like it's still recording years. on my side okay all right. so i got the thing yeah that's no. good though but I think we've been at it for almost two hours now. Close. Yeah, well, I, yeah something like that. Well, me and you were just like talking and no one was yeah, here we're for a while. Shit. And then everybody just started sliding through late, like all cool. Like, oh, I'm just, I'll just yeah. be 40 minutes late. You know, you never want to be the first person at the party, man. It's, it's like you have to lie to those people. Like my parents, they show up like a half hour early for everything. <laughs> so I got to tell them it starts an hour later than it does. 
so they get there like appropriately late appropriately late yes yeah that's a good point i like that shit well we, we thank you guys for rather than like when i'm in. trying to shower after cleaning the house <laughs> yo that's <laughs> my wife's parents always show the fuck up when i'm getting out of the shower it's the fucking worst like i don't even have time to put the manscape products on i hear them downstairs i'm like yo yeah. i gotta put the fucking reviver on jesus <laughs> christ exactly try to stay fresh with my sponsors man yeah <laughs> so fast yeah, oh they my just God. don't really know about that coc20 i mean they just don't know they don't know that the 20 percent <laughs> off it's right there <laughs> for the know. taking jesus they don't know fucking they don't asshole. know that 20 minutes early is um, I couldn't make Yo, it real, real quick, you know, you speaking of podcast ads, you know, Casper mattresses, mm-hmm. right? Remember, they were like running fucking podcasts for like two years. Yeah, they went they were they went public like a year or two ago. Dude, their stock fucking cratered. Really? <laughs> They're about to be taken off the fucking market, dude. Wow. I actually got a Casper mattress. Do you? Yeah. Is, is, it, is you rocking with that one? Yeah. Eh, it's it's not that different from like mattress firm or. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you know, it's like okay, it's a mattress. Like we we had a we had a like a Tempur-Pedic, okay, which was really nice, but it was like too small of a bed. Okay, you know, we were like we need a bigger bed. Okay, and, fair uh, enough. So we were like, let's get the king size, but we couldn't like spend drop three grand or whatever it is Oof. for Tempur-Pedic. Dude, my wife lusts for a Tempur-Pedic. So now my daughter sleeps on the Tempur-Pedic. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah, my twelve-year-old has a fucking Tempur-Pedic. She has no idea how. She's like that. The lumbar support is like fucking incredible in here. This lumbar. Oof. She's gonna have to get like a shitty dorm mattress. She's gonna be fucking like done. It's gonna Dude. be so bad. Yeah, she has, she has to Casper. That well, fuck them because they don't sponsor us. They're yeah. about to be taken off the stock. They, well, that's stage. that's why they're losing. Yo, man, you, you know they could have they could have done the COC twenty. And then no, they'd man. be like, boom, We've been here. This stops, is like baby. episode 119 or something. We're out here. Yeah. Oh, real quick. You know who album's album coming out? Um, Dumb Hot 2 is um, the homie Wally Clark. New album, Goon. Oh, word. Produced by uh, Flu from Australia. This shit is hard. He played me that joint. Yeah, Wally, Wally's fucking nice with it, man. So everybody check that. Check the Def C joint. Check the Pen Pals yeah. out. Check out Human Zoo. Vegas Vic Vinyl is shipping all over the world. If you're at Amoeba Records in Berkeley, it's on the shelf. Go scoop it up. Is it nice? Yes, sir. We're out there. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. And then um, what else? Never at Peace, Career Crooks, all pre-orders shipping this week. Uh, mini discs almost gone, which is I never thought I'd say that out loud. Many discs are almost gone. That's but they are. It was a fun time to do that. And uh, what else is fire? I've been bumping. Oh, I've been boning up for the Alaska episode that you know about the next adjacent and greatness yeah but it's been a fun journey um yeah i'll, I'll leave it, it at that be at least through to. the first couple records yeah so i'll, I'll at, after i stopped recording I'll, I'll let on to you guys you guys doing about, a shack shack episode yeah shack diesel <laughs> shack food and return yeah it's all about the sega video game we're just gonna talk about that for two hours <laughs> where he just like walks around punching people <laughs> and talk about the time that he dissed carl malone Oh yeah. my god. And how gold bond is the most hip hop powder. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Is it fucked up that when he when he talked about Kobe, how my ass tastes? Now that Kobe's gone. Can we talk about that stuff? Yeah, bro. You can oh talk because that's that shit's hilarious. That shit was hilarious then. It's hilarious now. It's Ken. Oh it's Ken. It's Ken. It is Ken. <laughs> Oh my god. All right. Well, we're we're, we're going to chat briefly as we pause this one, but thanks for everybody who jumped on the uh 
ask us anything impromptu episode everybody be safe out there have fun shouts to everybody who came through tonight people that couldn't come through maybe we'll catch you on the next one call out culture i'm zilla rocka he's alaska we'll see you next time call out culture as we do at this time a new premiere from me and small professor as career crooks this song is called Spiral Book, featuring Curly Castro and Primrock as Shrapnel off the album Never at Peace Dropping Black Friday. Pre-orders still active now for limited merch. Get it at wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com. Here is the latest leak as promised, Spiral Book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. What'd it do? Uh, Racket Crew. Finished basement style. My Spiral Book, hold the world's most lethal. There's no cure for what my pen do neither. Hey yo, my spiral book hold the world's most lethal. There's no cure for what my pen do neither. Bring the fever, my flow is Ayurvedic, so I'll never catch a fever. You scared of my catalog, at least you catch the feature. No question, I'm big sage, you barely see my feature. The student asks the question that creates the teacher. Went to Catholic school, we end up drinking with our teachers. Friday night lights, they flash the titties in the bleachers. You wouldn't take a charge, you always end up in the bleachers. Invisible man, the hidden hand, I pull the levers. Down 6800 off a parlay and teaser. Fuck if you're 17, they still gonna squeeze you at their leisure. All you wanted was some new sneakers and some new Fort Temple speakers. Uh, there's no shame in looking sharp. Sunday seance shades of Brooklyn after dark. Yo, the top cats with the top hats, charms on the brim. I'm Vince Carter with his arm in the rim. Yo, curly craving on a hunt for another moleskin. Got you open like I'm BDI, but tokens. Wreck within the crew that's do but few are chosen. I'm Dondi on two trains and enter an explosion. Now that I laid it out about your house, does she have lions? My homegirls, they weld and grenades made in iron. So you see, my bitch's rule was always made in Zion. I cut the heads of all Delilahs, now it's raining giants. I'm closing chapters, McCoy with how I X my factors. I pen the rapture from ghosts I learned to step off laughing. I had a rap book that once was signed by dirty bastards. I wrote common verbal murder to before and after. Spooky rappers, never drop it, always on the fringe. I'm a dude, the yellow arm up in the rim. Chess even with very little stress, leaving Kerry Kittle's best season. Berry Skittles, oh, you packing flavor, let's seek it with dried up spittle. Had the red doors painted black by Littles Eardrums with fresh lesions Grim reaping, known unknown So what's been sown ain't shown For less than the best reasons Only it's a leak of mimicry against the me But you can bet that I'm still on the next jet leaving You lose leaf beef, don't leave the margins too often Odd flex, but I'm sure you got your reasons darling In college rule, subject line blank Or you're reading or discarding Either way be thieving, leaving in some kind of coffin When it darkens, you can tell the news is delicate The way her speech soften, no plea Bargain. That don't mean don't keep options Pardon me the Balvini 14 talking And tell your story walking Portrait of an artist Spiral notebook of a known crook Considered out of mode But still he rock his own look And form over function How they use that no look So far who bought the book Now you look I'm too shook Career crooks